sir. Reading you loud and clear. Clear, clear, clear. The clock has started. The clock has Growing up normal in Norman, take one. You know, Oklahoma is currently categorized politically as conservative. Today, most of Oklahoma's federal and all of its statewide offices are all held by the Republican Party. Now, Oklahoma State Question 788, the medical marijuana legislation initiative, was on the ballot in Oklahoma as an initiative state statute on June 26, 2018. It was approved by a 57% majority vote and medical marijuana has been legal ever since. As a city, Norman, Oklahoma is located 20 miles south of downtown Oklahoma City. As the county seat of Cleveland County and part of the Oklahoma City metropolitan area, Norman has a population of around 110,000 people as of the last census. Now, this is almost twice the population of when I, Uncle Chuck, moved here as a sixth grader back in the early 80s. That was during the beginning of the war on drugs and the Just Say No anti-drug government campaign. A year after moving to Norman, that is when I met Mary Jane, or ganja, or herb, sweet leaf, cannabis, call it what you will. Cannabis instantly connected me to a wider world of imagination and alternative thinking, as well as boosted my creative curiosity and interest in arts, movies, games, and music. Mary is also instrumental in breaking down barriers I possessed relating to anxiety. Group speaking was not, no longer a bone-chilling ordeal, telling everyone that cannabis was the solution, however was. People were still going to prison, for long periods of time for the smallest amount of cannabis. Still, I owe a lot of, to cannabis. It deserved to have the truth told. In hindsight, the years of misinformation about cannabis represents a very small fraction of the overall history of the plant. The war on drugs will be a reckless speck of the overall history line of cannabis, a very destructive speck. My advocacy involved attending normal events, and having serious construction conservations conversations about cannabis with anyone who would listen. Of course, finding reliable material to study was almost impossible. Finding people who enjoyed talking cannabis mechanics more than the cannabis hijinks was also very rare. But as a young 7th grader and a Dungeons & Dragons nerd, I enjoyed every creative moment, no matter how rare. Having to rely on the black market for cannabis presented its own sense of frustrations. Waiting on a friend of a friend, paying way too much for dirt weed, always being aware of where your current inventory was stored, both in your residence and on your person. Remember, people were going to prison for for as little as a gram of this dried plant. Prison for a long time. And as soon as a bill, as soon a bill would be passed, to make it even longer. 
something they ironically refer to as the crime bill. But that's another segment. So fast forward to 1981. I have a quarter ounce of some very decent skunk, number one. It's a very popular strain back then. Rolled up and stuck in my sock. Visine in one pocket and a lighter in the other. A homemade pipe made from small metal tubes and either. I spend my days visiting the local head shop and read copies of High Times and Heavy Metal and Fat Freddy's comic, Cat. I listen to and watch everything and anything involving Cheech and Chong with a mere reference to cannabis made by a need-to-see list. From the Doobie Brothers to Pink Floyd, bands mentioned in the plant became instant favorite songs. The hypocrisy of illegal cannabis was obvious to me from the very beginning. While still in junior high, my connections were very, fairly low level, but even those higher up in the chain were typically selling cannabis just to pay the bills. No one was living the lifestyle of rich and famous, not that I met. And with the exception of very, very few, no one was evil or diabolical like they're represented in after-school specials shown in the mid-80s. No one I knew or even heard of ever overdosed on cannabis. Most of the people I knew who smoked it were more likely to stop a fight than start one. This last trade allowed me to make friends with a wide spectrum of people from many different areas, sometimes opposing backgrounds even, and some of which I still call my friends today. Cannabis users are typically portrayed as absent-minded airheads. The majority of the ones I met over the last 35 years are some of the most intelligent, creative, and thoughtful people I know. So now let's fast forward to 2020. Cannabis is going on its second year of being legal to purchase, grow, sell, and use with the proper license and fees. People with minor cannabis charges are slowly being released from incarceration. Rules are being changed to allow more people to get jobs and keep their existing jobs well legally licensed to own and consume medical marijuana. Cannabis sales may become, may become the life preserver for the COVID-stricken economy. It's definitely one for, for those facing anxiety concerns. While I wish cannabis reform was tied to ability to heal and comfort, I realize the truth is more economic rather than medical-based. For me personally, I would have never thought that I'd see the day that I could list Oklahoma High Times Cannabis Cup judge or writing for an Oklahoma cannabis friendly magazine to be on my resume. Just wasn't something that you figured be possible in the 80s. But cannabis has changed my life and my world in many ways. To see how it has and has currently affecting my hometown of Norman, Oklahoma, I decided to go out and ask its citizens and the cannabis related and non-cannabis related business owners and even politicians. And this is what they had to say. 